there, I'm Leah Ben Miller, the worship leader of the local church, and you're listening to the local church podcast featuring the messages from our Sunday liturgy. The local church is a bold, inclusive faith community based in Chatham County, North Carolina, and our mantra is our mission, love where you are. We gather for affirming, anchoring, and empowering worship every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Woods Charter School and online via Facebook Live and YouTube. No matter where you find yourself physically, spiritually, or emotionally, you belong at the local church. And we're so glad you're here. Invite you now to hear these words of scripture from the gospel according to Luke, continuing our slow roll through Luke's sermon on the plain that we began last week. Uh, His version of the Beatitudes, this is chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. Jesus says, But I say to you who are listening, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who asks of you. And if anyone takes away what is yours, do not ask for it back again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive payment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Instead, love your enemies. Do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. This is the word of God for all of God's creation. Thanks be to God. Let's sing this together. Teach us. Teach us
morning, everybody. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Camber, and I am the pastoral intern here at the local church, this unapologetically inclusive and Jesus-centered church. But before I begin, would you pray with me? Almighty God, let your words and the words of your scripture this morning be present. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. While contemplating this passage for today, which Brent read just a moment ago, I started to make a list of my enemies to really see how I could connect and relate the passage to my life. The first of my enemies are people I like to call mosiers, able-bodied folks who are just taking their dear sweet time in the grocery store aisle, on the sidewalk, and on the way to class. I can't handle it, especially if there's no way that I can bop around them. The second of my enemies include drivers who live in the left lane. And I have to wonder, are these the folks who are still taking seriously that first next step of driving the speed limit? <laughs> I can't handle it, move out of the way, I have places to be and people to see. Another enemy of mine are Theo bros. You know them on social media as white conservative men who like to argue about Christian theology. Well, imagine the same sort of man in a large lecture hall of about 100 people asking long-winded questions, but this question isn't to really gain more information, but to show off what they already know about the topic. Most people in the class are long gone by the time they get to the end, and maybe it would be best suited for an office hour to visit, not lecture hall. My next enemy are people who don't like dogs. I love dogs, and I'm obsessed with my dog, who's back at home in Iowa, and I get so happy when I pass a dog on the street, and you can just see how excited the dog is to see me, too. Their little tail is wagging. It's a good time. And the last enemy, and probably the most important, are Taylor Swift haters. <laughs> Maybe you hate her because you don't like her music, or you hate her that she's a woman making millions of dollars and advocating for herself. Or maybe you hate the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> she's a writer and she's a girl boss and she can write a catchy hook. I don't know what there's not to like. While reflecting on my enemies, I realized about two out of the five of them are related to my lack of patience, my inability to take it slow or live into this unhurried era that we as a faith community are trying to do. I'm not good at taking it easy or going slow, and so this era of the local church is one that's challenging me, as I'm sure it's challenging some of you to be going through the Gospel of Luke this slowly. Which brings me back to our passage for today. This passage is tough to swallow. Sure, Jesus, I can pray for those who mistreat me, but to do good to them too? That's hard. I'd rather go to any other passage, flip to mostly any other page, but Christ has spoken it, and it's in our gospel, so it must be handled with care. Jesus has called us to love our enemies, so let's dive in. While looking over this passage, I noticed that the Greek word for enemies takes the form of an adjective, 
So perhaps it could be translated as love the hated ones or love those who are hated. This word for enemies can also be translated as a hostile one, so maybe love those who are hostile. And so I ask us today, who are you hating? Who's hostile in your life? Who would you consider your enemy? Maybe it's a former lover, maybe it's a boss who keeps nagging you, maybe it's a politician in your congressional district, maybe it's the gun manufacturers. Who is your enemy? I'll give you a few seconds to think about it, and I do really want you to think about it. And now with that person or entity in mind, Jesus is telling us that after they steal our coat, we are to give them our shirt too. That after they've hit us once, Jesus wants us to let them kick us while we're down. That if they ask us of something, don't say no, but to give them everything. I think here, though, there's an important distinction that should be made. Jesus isn't asking us to rid ourselves of our boundaries or not to hold people accountable, but rather to not keep score. Jesus, in telling us to offer the other cheek, is asking us not to become the hostile ones ourselves. Bless those who curse me, pray for those who mistreat me, because if I don't, I'll become the hostile ones that Jesus is talking about. Christ asks us this rhetorical question. If you love those who love you, if you do good to those who do good to you, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive a payment from, what credit is that to you? The Greek word here used for credit is charis, which means grace. So maybe instead of what credit is this to you, it's what gift of grace is that? What grace of God is this to show? What goodwill is this to extend if all we do is for people we get along with? Jesus doesn't just ask this question once or twice, but three times. What gift of grace is it if you only love those who love you? What gift of grace is it to do good to those who only do good to you? Jesus offers us four guidelines in this passage. Love, do good, lend, and expect nothing in return. This seems fairly straightforward, but applying these guidelines directly to that enemy you thought of earlier, then it's not so easy. To complete these four commands when it comes to those we don't get along with takes intentionality to ensure we are loving and doing good toward our enemies when it might not be our first instinct to do so. On the one hand, it's human nature to have enemies. It's inevitable we will have them. But on the other hand, it is our choice of how we treat them. Jesus is acknowledging that being in human community is challenging and that it won't all be sunshine and roses. How, though, can having enemies lead to jubilee or to restoration? Perhaps the most important command in this passage is this. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. We are to live life modeled after God's own merciful character. Other translations will have this verse read as be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. Be compassionate, just as God is. 
Compassion is God's gift of grace to us. And to model God's character, we must extend this gift of grace to others, specifically those who are hostile toward us. In this passage, Jesus is calling us not to keep score, not to become hostile, but to be merciful and compassionate to those it might not be so easy to do so. And again, there's this distinction to be made between being compassionate and ridding of all means of keeping people accountable. Let me give you an example by what I mean. In my undergraduate theology course, my professor taught us how to write an argumentative paper with the starting point of a theologian. Maybe someone like John Wesley, Karl Barth, or Martin Luther. My professor taught us how to form a statement or a thesis that both conveyed what the theologian thought, but also conveyed the distinction I was making. Maybe I disagreed with the theologian, maybe I tweaked the language they used, maybe I pointed out how harmful their view was to the marginalized, or maybe I applauded the theologian's idea. But whatever argument or distinction I chose to make, it first involved reading and understanding the theologian with generosity and charity. Generosity and charity despite if I agreed or disagreed. My virtues didn't matter in that moment. My guidelines didn't matter. Because no matter the stance I took, I had to understand and reiterate the theologian's argument with generosity and charity to paint their idea in the best light possible, to go as far as I could with it, no matter if I agreed or disagreed. I had to come to the text with the gift of grace and compassion. My theology professor probably didn't think she was giving an analogy to our passage today, but she was. To love my enemies, I must do the painstaking work it takes to understand and reiterate their ideas, their ideologies, their experiences, even their reasons for hating Taylor Swift. With the gift of grace and compassion. I must paint my enemy's argument in the best light and until I can do that, I can't hold them accountable if they're being harmful. If I can't approach my enemies with grace and compassion, then I become the hostile one, the hating one, and the one Jesus is talking about. Marcus Borg, a theologian, says this. Compassionate bears the connotations of womishness, nourishing, giving life, embracing. Perhaps it also suggested feelings of tenderness. Borg draws this idea from the use of Hebrew in the Old Testament, in where some uses of the word compassionate in the Hebrew can take on meanings like womb or softness or tenderest affection. At times when the Hebrew Bible speaks of God as compassionate, the nuances of womb are close by with each sentiment. In our Luke passage for today, what does it mean for God to be womish? And what does it mean that Christ is calling us to be womish? To be compassionate like the Father is to be womish, to give life, to nourish, to care, to embrace our enemies with the tenderest affection. We are called not to keep score and not to become hostile, but rather to understand and convey our enemies' ideas as far as we can go. And then we can hold them accountable if needs be. To be womish, to be compassionate and merciful like God, is to embrace those around us who we consider to be our enemies. That is a gift of grace that we can offer. 
Love, do good, lend, and expect nothing. That is what we are called to do in fervent compassion, in womishness that calls us to embrace the human next to us. It's in this call for compassion that I think of our dear Old Testament friend, Jonah. Jonah is angry at God for this exact act of compassion that Jesus is calling us to do. In the book of Jonah, Jonah is called to bring a message to the city of Nineveh, that in 40 days their city will be overthrown by God due to the wickedness found there. Jonah sees these Ninevites then as his enemies. Jonah brings a message to Nineveh, fully expecting God to overthrow the city. And yet, and yet Nineveh, with this message, the city changes their evil ways and repents. And God shows them compassion and mercy. God changed his mind. And after God shows compassion and mercy to the Ninevites, Jonah is angry. Jonah wanted God to smite the Ninevites because Jonah knew the wicked things they were doing. Jonah knew them as his enemies, as the hostile ones. And yet, God embraces Nineveh in all of God's tender womishness. God finds Jonah in a pouting fit when he asks, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah and God's conversation is a great example of what Jesus is meaning in Luke. Be merciful, like the Father was merciful to Nineveh. In Luke, Jesus is calling us not to become hostile, to not become so angry like Jonah. Instead, we are called to treat our enemies in a womb-like fashion, to be compassionate, to embrace, to be soft with, to pray for, to love, to do good for, to lend everything and expect nothing in return. How do we embody that tenderness that is God? It's easy when it comes to moments with our loved ones, but how can we expand that tender compassion to those outside of our circles? What does it look like to be pro-love and to be pro-holding people accountable? What does it look like to take a step back and really consider who the hostile ones are? My prayer for us is that we can embark from this place and we can see our enemies in a new light. I pray that we can find the compassion and the softness to understand our enemies with the gift of grace that has been tended to by God's womishness. I pray that instead of being caught up in our own anger and hostility, that we can instead love, do good, lend, and expect nothing. It will no doubt be difficult and require a lot of intentionality and a lot of practice. But with the mercy and compassion from the Father, we can try. Amen. If you love what you hear, share this episode or send it to someone who could use a little good news this week. We'd also love for you to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It's an easy way to share the love. You can learn more about the local church at our website, growlocal.church, or just come see us one week. Thanks for listening and love where you are.